and welcome to the Age Space podcast that gives you ideas, inspiration and hopefully some help about anything to do with elderly care. I'm Annabelle James and I founded agespace.org, which is a one-stop online resource for anyone anxious about or caring for their elderly relatives. Today we're going to talk about something a bit more fun, going on holiday. Debbie Marshall is founder and managing director of Silver Travel Advisor, which is the only travel reviews and advice site designed for the over 50s. Debbie, it's lovely to have you here today. Thank lovely you for coming. To be here. Thank you. As you know, I'm a big fan of Silver Travel Advisor, but thought perhaps you might start by telling us a bit about the business, why you set it up and how it works. So we set up Silver Travel Advisor just over eight years ago, and it really came from a kind of unexpected germ of an idea. I went for dinner at my father's golf club one New Year's Eve, and uh, there was eight or ten people around the table, all couples, all in their 70s and very well looking and and fit. And the conversation the entire evening was about their holidays. And it wasn't just about the holiday that they were looking forward to in August or a trip they had planned, you know, several months hence. This was the holiday they were going on within the next week. And when they were coming back from that holiday they had probably you know a couple of weeks at home and then they were off on another one and it really dawned on me that these people weren't just taking you know one or two holidays a year but sort of six seven eight holidays in fact their whole life seemed to be based around their holidays and it was a revelation to me you know I've always been working I've always um, had just you know four or five weeks off a year and I thought gosh is this what retirement looks like at the moment it's not about hunkering down it's not about growing tomatoes putting on a pair of slippers getting a pipe and, and not doing very much it's actually get about getting out and exploring the world. So I conducted a little bit of a a research focus group with my father's friends. And I said, well, how do you get your inspiration for your holidays? Do you go to travel agents? Do you look at brochures? How do you do it? And they said, well, actually, what we really like is recommendations. And we like reading reviews and we like using the internet. So I said, oh, I I use TripAdvisor. You know, do you use that? And they said, well, not really, because we never know who's written the review. It could be an 18-year-old backpacker for whom Nirvana is having his hotel room next to the disco. Whereas for us, you know, we want a decent-sized magazine magnifying mirror in the bathroom and a reading light by the bed and that's what makes us happy and we want peace and quiet. I just thought about it. I thought, well, if you could put together a kind of information resource where everything written on the site was by and for like-minded people in their 50 plus, but really sort of 60s and 70s, which could be trusted and you knew that everything that you read had been written by somebody like yourself, you know, would that be a good idea? So um, I put together a business plan and put it to a few people and got some interest and uh, we kind of set it up from there. Brilliant. It's uh, it's a fantastic site. And we'll talk a bit more about it later on. I mean, obviously, we all love going on holiday, as you've said, at any age. But, you know, as you get a bit older and maybe your mobility decreases, it gets a bit more fraught as well. So if somebody like me, if I'm still helping my dad plan for a holiday, what kind of advice do you think would be best? Well, if it's your dad that you're planning a holiday for, then you know him well and you know what his limitations are. And my first uh, thought would be to to don't plan something for him that's going to stretch him too much and that will give him, you know, concerns. So it may be, for example, that he doesn't like using airports. A lot of older people really find airports to be a very stressful experience. The amount of walking involved, going through security, the queues, uh, the possibility of a delay. It it is stressful. So uh, first of all, I'd sort of check out with your father, you know, is that kind of thing, is that the kind of thing that phases him or is he up for the challenge? Now, if he likes flying and he's not worried about that, then that's great because, you know, the the world obviously becomes a much bigger place. But for many older people, actually going away is is staying in this country. Um, They love to explore Britain. And we find that as people age, they're kind 
kind of horizons start very wide when they first retire. You know, they really want to do the big trips, you know, Australia, New Zealand, the Galapagos, see the penguins, you know, those big, big exploratory trips. And then kind of they come in a bit and, and gradually over the years as health concerns increase and, and just kind of that, that real desire to travel or perhaps confidence decreases a little bit, you know, they come back to the UK. So it depends really, firstly, what age your father is, but most importantly, what stage he's at. Sure. And I guess there's that terrible danger of sort of over overestimating or underplanning, really. And planning seems to be the key at this particular stage of life. Very important. Planning and very good travel insurance. Oh, we'll come back to that. Um, and obviously there's that sort of cliche that older people go on cruises or on coach trips. But I guess there's some good reasons. Absolutely. I mean, it is a cliche, but the cruise industry is growing at a phenomenal rate. There's over 2 million people in the UK who took a cruise last year, which broke all previous records. And both um, ocean cruising and river cruising are growing very, very quickly. You've only got to look at the number of new ships in the market, the new uh, river ships that are being brought in virtually what seems like on a monthly basis. I went on Friday, in fact, to the launch of the new saga Spirit of Discovery down in Dover with um, the Duchess of Cornwall, who is the godmother. And it was a thoroughly British occasion with a, with a, with a lovely cream tea and a 72 um, older pensioner singers from a Welsh male voice choir, very much in the spirit of we are welcoming retired British people onto our cruise ships. That's what it's about. That's our market. They acknowledge it and they really embrace it. And I think that's fantastic. So yes, cruising is a wonderful thing for older people to do, mainly because, especially if you depart from the UK, you drive to somewhere like Southampton. There's a fabulous car park. You can park there. It's an easy, flat walk of just a few minutes or you can get a wheelchair or whatever you need, mobility scooter. You're on the ship. You go to your cabin. You unpack once and then you depart. And then you go and visit a variety of places, you know, leaving if you wish for the day to go out and explore wonderful cities and destinations, but never having to pack your cases again or just remaining on the, on the ship where there is fantastic food and care and service. So, you know, it's a really wonderful way to travel. And then escorted touring um, is a little bit more active, um, but there are different kinds of escorted tours. There are, of course, the ones that are very kind of you know full on where you're unpacking every day and getting up at six o'clock in the morning and, and traveling around and exploring new places. But actually what we're finding now is an increase of kind of stay put coach touring where you'll go to one place, um, such as Verona, for example, and then do different day trips out. So again, avoiding the need to keep on packing and unpacking. Oh, yeah. I hate all that unpacking business. <laughs> Dreadful. Even my age. <laughs> And I suppose what's also interesting is that there are increasing number of companies that are doing very specific holidays for people with particular needs. So dementia, I know you're involved in that, but also, you know, maybe holidays with care. Is that on the increase, do you think? Yeah. It really is. I mean, the, the ageing population means that as people are living longer, of course, they're susceptible to more health issues. So typically, somebody in their 70s will have three or more different health concerns to deal with. Um, starting with dementia, over 800,000 people in this country at the moment living with dementia. And yet many of them, you know, can live relatively normal lives, or at least at the early stages they can. And there are some wonderful companies such as Dementia Adventure who are providing holidays for these people and their carers so they can get out and enjoy themselves. And the wonderful Vicky McClear series recently about uh, music and dementia, I thought was absolutely inspirational. I do hope things like musical holidays will be um, developed in the future because that is a way that uh, people living with dementia can have a, a fantastic sort of stimulating experience and, and you know get their brain cells working in a way that they haven't before and, and just have a wonderful time. 
And then looking at other kinds of um, challenges and disabilities and limited mobility is um, something that is being really embraced by the travel industry. You know, you've got companies like Shearings, for example, who have a special dedicated help centre for people who have mobility issues so that they can ask questions and make sure their needs are catered for before they book their holiday. Uh, You have companies like Enable Holidays who are really growing, who are specialists in this area. And then Care Assisted Holidays, um, there's a new-ish company called Limitless Travel, and they actually do coach touring and with carers on board. So these kind of things are starting to be addressed. Sort of alongside that, I guess, more sort of educational holidays too. And, you know, people, you know, my dad's taken up painting again 30 years since he last held a paintbrush. And actually that opens up all sorts of opportunities for him, which I think is great. Yeah, we've done some research about that. Learning in later life is a really big interest. You know, people don't want to fly and flop. You know, they like the idea of going on holiday and learning a new skill, acquiring new information or or knowledge about a a subject they didn't previously know or enhancing their existing knowledge. It's the whole idea of the kind of university of the third age and that you're never too old to learn something new. In fact, I'm actually going myself on a, a trip next week to an island called Skyros in the Greek islands and it's a learning holiday where there's about eight different courses running from singing to painting to yoga to creative writing and you can pick any of them each day three times a day and I'm really excited about going out there and coming back with some newfound skills. How fantastic. So what are your top destinations for older people in terms of travel? Well, we have our annual Silver Travel Awards and the top destination as voted by the consumers, and we had over 140,000 votes this year, uh, was the USA. It was an interesting choice and it won by some measure. And I do think that uh, notwithstanding some of the challenges of getting health insurance to go to the USA, actually, it's a great destination. You know, It really offers something for everybody. There's no language issues. You can travel around very easily. It's very friendly, very welcoming. You have everything from, exa- for example, um, you can go on a multi-generational holiday to Disney and take your your adult children, your grandchildren there. You can go um, into the mountains. There's fantastic beaches. There's a lot of cultural heritage. So uh, that was uh, by far the number one choice. But in other years, we've had New Zealand, which has come out as the top choice, very popular. Um, and Italy, I think, the year before last. I mean, Italy is always a favourite with Silver Travels. I mean, you really can't go wrong. It's not too far to go. The food, the wine, the, the culture, the architecture, the art, um, all the TV series that you have on um it seems almost endlessly there's some chef traveling around Italy or, you know, an artist or whatever. So, um, you know, you're constantly being inspired to go to Italy. So I think that will always be top of the list. And of course, good old Blighty. Holidays in the UK. Always. And in fact, um, we've had a few disasters in our family over the years in terms of booking cottages that had really bad access or bathrooms that really were not particularly disabled friendly. It's just the planning, I suppose, really, isn't it? Well, first of all, it depends if you're booking through a cottage company that has done the checks uh, and has those displayed on the website. And I think that's they're getting better and better auditing properties and making sure that they are disabled friendly. In fact, a lot of the very good websites will actually have, you know, you can see the little icons or they'll have a category for um, wheelchair accessible um, cottages. Or alternatively, even, um, you know, Airbnb is really getting quite good at it now. And, uh, you know, there, of course, you have direct contact with the owner, so you can ask all the questions. Recommendations using a site such as ours, where you will find other people's recommendations for uh, wheelchair-friendly or mobility scooter-friendly cottages. If you can look at reviews of people who have been previously and, and consult them, either through a comments section or a forum section or speak to people in advance, you know, it should be able to avoid that kind of thing. Because there's nothing worse than arriving at a property for that long expected and uh, anticipated. Everyone's very excited and you get there and it's not 
not quite right. And you realise that your ageing parent, you can't get down to the swimming pool, for example. And I've had that happen, you know, and, and literally you know, the poor older person is, is kind of feels barricaded in the villa for the whole week because they can't make the handful of steps down to the pool and there isn't a decent handrail. And yet for asking the right kind of questions in advance, you know, you look at the photography on the site, look at the, a lot of people have video footage now, they have 360 and, and really just keep asking all those questions because those villas are expensive. You can pay several thousand pounds for a holiday home. You know, it has to be right. Oh, yes. And we, I mean, we certainly had a week where mum couldn't actually leave the sitting room. <laughs> you know, she couldn't get into the garden. And it was, you know, it was awful. Anyway, there we go. Disappointing for everyone. <laughs> Very disappointing for everybody. And what about getting around when you're away? Well, there is actually a fantastic new service that we've just started working with called Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, we and, love Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> and they provide um, home to holiday transfers, assisted transfers with friendly drivers who have been trained and wheelchair friendly vehicles. And one of the things they're now developing is um, day excursions for people on holiday. So not just a transfer, but also days out for people when they're actually on their holiday. And, you know, I, I can see that growing and growing because it's just so wonderful to think that if you've booked perhaps a remote cottage somewhere and you want a big day out to have a driving Miss Daisy vehicle come and pick you up and take you to um, the, the whatever it is, the castle or the attraction, you know, and having that service. Of course, it comes at a cost, but it's a fantastic investment and it means everybody can enjoy their day out. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, we love them. And they also do um, home to airport, I think, as well. And yeah, all just... home to holiday transfers, airport, okay. port, um, cottages, hotels, wherever you're going. Yeah, And sometimes they do a thing called a daisy chain where they'll link the different Driving Miss Daisy drivers. If it's a really long one, they were um, there was one they did recently from Edinburgh to Southampton. I think it was three different vehicles, but they made it work. So that's really helpful, isn't it? And I know that their drivers are, are really well trained and they're all checked and they're lovely people, which is great. Yeah, tend to be people in early retirement who are yeah. still fit and active, want to give something back and, and just love the companionship and be able to do something that's mm. really valuable. And then airports. I mean, oh, you know, every time I go to the airport, I think the walk gets longer, really. And I'm reasonably fit and healthy. And that... I think it's terrifying, the prospect of, you know, arriving at the departure gate or just at the door and then having to do that big walk all the way to the plane. How, what's the best way to deal with airports? Well, all airports are required by law to be able to provide um, assistance for people who have reduced mobility or have special needs. And you can contact the airport and you can request that and they must provide it. So that is the first thing to do. Some airports are better than others. Now here I would really commend Gatwick who have made a lot of advances in this area in terms of what they provide now uh, for routing through the airport, signage. They have specially um, demand trained staff on the information desk. They have hearing loops. They have a quiet room that you can go to if it's all getting a bit too much. They can provide um, a special assistance to take you through. We've actually got a video on our site where we spent, sent three elderly ladies to Gatwick to test it all out. And uh, there's a splendid video of them actually going, going through and testing all the services. And they were really, really impressed. Because you're right, it can be so stressful. I mean, I was not Recently, quite recently, I was behind a gentleman who must have been in his 80s. And, he, you know, they made him take his shoes off to um, go through the x-ray machine. I mean, the poor guy could barely bend down. He had lace-up shoes on. And I mean, just fine. You know, he didn't have a chair to sit on to take his shoes off. And, and he really felt for him. I thought, you know, is it really fair to make him go through this? And I do hope that in the future, you can actually, um, where they have these um, service where you can pay extra if you're like a first class or whatever to go through a special um, scanning um, lane, which is quicker, I would like to see one for passengers with reduced mobility or special needs where it's quieter, it's friendlier, less congested, and, and they just have a better and easier transit. Oh, definitely. I think I'm going to join that queue. <laughs> <laughs> and then that knotty subject, travel insurance. 
I mean, I certainly assume that as I get older, travel insurance is going to get more expensive. What's your advice for people in terms of travel insurance? We have a lot of advice and information on our website. We don't sell travel insurance, but we provide many, many suggestions and lots of recommendations from people who've had all sorts of different conditions from cancer to uh, you know multiple pre-existing medical conditions and still want to travel. So I suppose the, where to start is the good news is it is possible in, I would say, almost every circumstance to find travel insurance. It may cost a lot of money, but we strongly recommend that you get it. But the reason it's so expensive is because, um, you know, if something happens, you know, for older people, you know, it can cost the underwriters a fortune to deal with it, particularly when it comes to repatriations. So we are lobbying very hard with the insurance industry to make sure that old people are not penalised with health insurance. Why should it be that just because you turn 70 or 75 or 80 and you are in every respect the same person as you were yesterday, that suddenly your premium goes up? You know, that's not fair. There should be questions that relate much more to your life stage and, and your general well-being rather than just putting labels on age, which put, put the premium up. And there are many pre-existing medical conditions that carefully managed cause really no issues at all when you're traveling. You know, why should you be penalized for those? So I've had discussions with people in the insurance industry to try and say that, you know, it's not fair to penalize older people. We need to keep them traveling. People are getting, many more people are getting older. The demographic is increasing. You know, Having things to look forward to, having holidays and trips, it's so important. You know, we mustn't uh, do anything that stands in the way of that. No, definitely not. Going to the States, for example, that's really expensive, isn't it? Oh, the States is more expensive for sure because medical care is so expensive. And you'll see a lot of travel insurance policy, especially the annual ones, you can get worldwide excluding North America or including. And of course, the premium will go up. But I was talking to somebody recently who works in the travel industry, um, insurance industry, who was saying that there was an older lady who was in her 90s who had a road accident in the USA and went into hospital and ended up staying there three months and was eventually repatriated after three months in hospital, fully recovered and it was $94,000 for her bill for insurance policy she paid a few hundred pounds for. So, you know, when it's expensive, it is expensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the insurance companies do have to make, you know, they, they can't do it for charity. They are, no, of course, you know, they are commercial. Of so the advice is to shop around and, you'll, and you will find something. Yeah, there's some great travel insurance comparison sites that you can use. Um, you can look at reviews and advice and, and you know, get, get two or three quotes and, and go. Through, it's a pain to go through the process and all the forms but get the right quote make sure you've got the right cover and don't travel uninsured okay note to self <laughs> and then the other thing is single supplements i think that also seems to be quite an issue and i mean i, I don't know it drives me mad really i don't know what what's your view on that on single supplements and how do you best can you no negotiate them or what do you suggest well, between about 20 and 30% of the um, over 50s population is single in some way. And single is is a very broad term that could mean all sorts of things. It can be single by choice because somebody has decided to, you know, divorced in their 50s or 60s, by circumstance because their partner or their spouse has died. Um, somebody can be with a partner but still travelling as a single person because their partner is no longer able or willing to travel with them. You know, you can have a group of single ladies who travel together but each one, you know, on, on their own and wanting their own room with their own facilities. So there are many sorts of single and the industry is really trying very hard to address this. They're very painfully aware of the criticisms that they face from single supplements. I mean, the worst of which sometimes is more than double the price, because sometimes on a cruise ship, you know, a single person in a double cabin, it literally pays like 220 percent of it because the, um, the cruise ship is not getting the bar income and the other income that they would have got. So they really punish them. And that, that really isn't fair. What is great to see is that new cruise ships are being built with more and more 
more single cabins, specifically single cabins, which is great. Hotels are opening more single rooms. You know, they, they recognise it's a market and they recognise how hard people complain when the single supplement is seen as punitive. And it's a great idea. We always recommend that people, if they don't have to book a certain date and they're not, you know, too time specific um, and they can wait until late to ring up rather than use, using the website, present themselves to the travel company and say, right, I'm single. I want to travel, you know, on this cruise to this hotel or whatever. What can you do for me? And, you know, it, it's uh, surprising what you can actually get at the last moment. If a, if a company has a, an empty room or empty cabin, you know, they, they want to fill it. They can often do a deal. Perfect. Well, I think we've had quite a good skate around the world of travel and holidays. I suppose my last question, which is I told my dad I was going to speak to you and he said to me, right, you need to ask Debbie. He wants to go on a cruise, a small boat. He wants to go from the UK mm-hmm. and he wants to go somewhere hot. What would be your recommendations or some ideas for him, really? Does he want to travel in the summer or the winter? Summer. This summer. Mm. So the Mediterranean is is the obvious one. Not too far to go. Um, a variety of ports you can choose from around the UK. Would he be going from Dover or Southampton? or mm, Probably Southampton. Southampton. So, I mean, a P&O um, is, is a great choice for um, lots of different cruise ideas. The Mediterranean from Southampton. If he wants to go a little more upscale, he could go with Cunard and uh, enjoy a, a more luxurious experience. There's also Fred Olsen um, with many um, UK ports of departure, cruise and maritime voyages. There's lots of choice from the UK. Really good quality uh, cruising companies. He'll have a great time. He'll be well looked after. He will eat to his heart's content. He'll visit some fantastic destinations, for example, cruises around the Greek islands, around the Balearics, or or calling into places like Venice. You know, there's so much he can do. And I would suggest he starts with a kind of shorter sort of seven to 10 day cruise to make sure he enjoys it rather than going on, say, a longer one, two or three weeks. But um, if he's like most people of that age that I know, you know, especially um, those who are initially a little bit reluctant or not sure if a cruise is for them they do it once and then they're hooked I think he's going to be <laughs> Debbie thank you so much so it's www.silvertraveladvisor.com We have lots of podcasts on financial matters health issues and driving so do look out for them on agespace.org or your podcast provider If you've liked what you heard do rate and review us because that means more people will find us Thank you so much and bye for now.